There's no motorsport on TV So you're really down on your luck But Martin, Pete and Mike will talk about what they like And not really give a further thought to what the listeners think Hello and welcome to the Caution Period Podcast I'm Mike and I'm joined by uh, Martin and Peter Hello Hello you got your names there guys It's been so many podcasts I'm, I'm just starting this is to nine. fade out Podcast nine Is it nine? Is it nine? Crikey. Yeah cause... I've, only edited, I've only recently edited episode six So, so I, <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm the only person keep, you know, with decent naming conventions on my yeah, it's podcast true. It's true. I do want to say, by the way That this is an important, notable time of the year Because I'm wearing shorts Whoa yeah, so I'm wearing pajamas. Does that count? Yeah, are they um, short pajamas or are they? They are long? short pajamas. I'd stand up and show you, but then I'd reveal too much. <laughs> Do they Is have little racing cars? Conveniently whip them off when we start talking about the 1982 Monaco Grand Prix. You'll see, you'll see them. You'll see them. You'll see them levitating, basically. About that, around <laughs> that then. Um, yeah, that's what we're going to talk about this week: the 1982 Monaco Grand Prix, which was streamed on the Formula One YouTube channel. So I was like, oh, brilliant! Another, another like youtube accessible race and then they made it private so you can't watch it anymore but it is on the app so that's where we watched it the pay the paid f1 tv app you can get the ni- the full 1982 monaco grand prix including some extra bits at the beginning oh my god oh my god Wait, so, can i, I just say should... full disclosure i i didn't watch this race i watched the i watched Did enough watch to <laughs> you watched, but you, cause I hadn't, cause you said you said that you, you confessed before we did. It's like, oh my god, I didn't, I didn't watch the, I didn't watch the race. But then last night we were talking about you watched the most important bit of the race. Well, yeah, so I, yeah, I saw the bit that Mike's talking about, and then I rewound <laughs> it and watched it so many times, and then called Mike <laughs> to to show him what I what, literally played it to be down the phone. Yeah, and uh, yeah, if I would have just focused on watching the race, I, I would have finished. <laughs> So before we launch into the podcast, we should explain what this is. So basically, like the feed that they have on the F1 TV app is is not just what you saw broadcast, but it's like the entire sort of video file, including a bit of sort of commentary chat at the beginning and, you know, them getting set up for, for commentary and things like that. And it includes Murray Walker saying what, Pete? Oh, he says... Um... Well, you hear someone in the background very quietly say, oh, Murray, can you, can you talk to the microphone? He's like, oh, you want me to talk to the microphone? And then he says something along the lines of, oh, with me, Martin, and James here in the commentary box, it's awfully pornographic. Yeah, it's going to be the most pornographic <laughs> Grand Prix in history or something like that. And he was I, right as well. But yeah. it, broke, it broke my brain a little bit to think of Murray saying the words pornographic. pornographic. I don't, the idea that Murray knows what pornography is, it just <laughs> is astonishing. Murray, Murray knows. Murray knows. But the funny thing is, is that suddenly I was like, wait, are, are we on the same comedy wavelength as Murray because I feel like we would say something similar along those Probably, lines. Probably, yeah. Especially you know, in the presence of James Hunt. I mean, this seems actually a little, awfully perfect. Um, there's a little nice... nice Because obviously like Murray and James Hunt's relationship has been sort of like raked over a, a fair few times and the, the suggestion was that they didn't get on very well. But there is a really nice moment at the end of the Grand Prix as well where you can hear them finishing the broadcast and James is heading off and he's like, see you later, Murray. Great job. And he's like, bye, James. And it's really sweet. It's just really nice. Um, I thought I thought they did like each other. I just because obviously James was obviously massively unprofessional because of the smoking weed out the back and everything. And so not pissed. Yeah. But, like, did they not like each other? 
I, I heard that yeah that unprofessionalism rubbed Murray up the wrong way, but maybe they maybe their relationship had settled by 1982. I don't know what what year did Hunt retire to to do commentary. It can't have been can't that have been much, much long before that, right? Before. Uh, yeah, I don't think it could have been actually because it must have been the late 70s. I've, I've, obviously, he won the championship in 76, and then he only stuck around for like a couple of years after that. I think he's like 78 or 79. Mm. Um, yeah, so I think it could have been that long afterwards. Well, anyway, they seemed quite chipper and they seemed to be having a good time. Um, it, I, I quite liked it as well. Like, obviously, this is quite early doors. So you can either watch this race just with the audio effects and you get the sound of the cars going past the cameras. But the BBC feed, they had no no like car audio from the camera positions. So what happens on the first few laps is that like they'll be commentating and then they'll be like, and now there's going to be a very loud noise and the entire <laughs> yeah, field goes so. past and they just stop talking. <laughs> and, then they, and then they carry on afterwards, which is quite quaint and sweet in its way. But so I would I want to say like firstly I I watched a bit of this race so you guys have to explain to me you what watched... happened so beyond the bit where I get to see the coolest track map ever and the conversation about that went on to then yeah yeah Murray being quite really quite in, inappropriate about about his mm-hmm. co-workers um and then asking James to take his lunch off of his notes which I thought was quite funny as well <laughs> <laughs> so. I watched the start, which seemed quite clean, and up until the point where I think it was what Arnu, Benny Arnu, uh, lost control. Uh, yeah, lost control, stole his car. Yeah, so that that That's was when the race what starts. I saw. And, and that, but, um... Yeah, so up until then, it just seemed like I was watching a lot of very cool cars banging around Monaco. And I do have to say that that chicane. Uh, is a death trap. There's no way they should have allowed that. To well, it's not just that. It's also because um, obviously what well, these these cars were deadly as because this is a race just after Villeneuve died. And um, but this this is a ground yeah. effect. These these are ground effect cars, and you can see that it's um, it's terrifying the speed these things have in the corners. You see it first of all in that chicane. And I think oh maybe that's because like it's a simplified chicane. It's not as um it doesn't like switch back like the one is right now. But then you see them going to the swimming pool section, which is like a corner which is sort of analog to what they go through now. And it's yeah. like, my God, it's like they're not lifting through there. Those things are just nailed. Um, but yeah. They're, yeah, nailed whilst also being completely terrifying, unsafe. What, like, what's, the, yeah, yeah. what's the corner name that, that we're talking about? So uh, after you come out of the tunnel, what is now yeah. like the Nouvelle Chicane, right? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Nouvelle Chicane. But is yeah. it? Oh, I, so, but what, so that, then it's that the swimming chicane. pool complex, isn't it? No, yeah. swimming complex is after that corner, the left-hander, which is not, it's not Mirage, is it? Or um, Mirabelle? 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 Yeah, Mirabelle, yeah. Mirabelle. But so I'm talking about that left right that now is the left right right left, and that's that's the. And you got a chicane, the chicane right after a tunnel. Yeah, 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 yeah. But they were saying you're doing that 150, right? They were saying 120, I think they said. 120. <laughs> Nothing. I can I could do that in my MR2, mate. <laughs> um, but the thing is, see, there's, there's they just cobbled together some tires on the attenuator at the beginning of like the second apex in there, and they're like that'll do. You're like, um, it's madness. And the curbs bit, are they, like actual curbs. They're not racing yeah, track yeah. curbs. They're just someone's painted some red and white stuff <laughs> on a pavement. But uh, the other thing is that obviously the Brabham doesn't even have a front wing around Monaco. Well, a lot of them, That's yeah, how um, powerful like, the ground effect was. A lot of the field don't have, yeah, don't have that kind of more aggressive area. But I guess because they needed to funnel the, yeah, slightly more primitive area. They need to get the wind under the car and like in a more effective way or something. I, I think that, that I think that Brabham's just a very, very powerful Formula Ford, Martin. 
Well, no, that's the thing as well. That's what I loved about it. The Brabham <laughs> Don't mention Formula Fords. Look what happened. No, no, no. But like the thing about the Brabham team is like they're running different engines. PK is like PK is running the BMW Turbo and it's right. terrible. And he's running at the back. And Patrese is running with like a Ford, just a Ford V8 in there. Just because really? like, it's just chucked it in there and it works. And he's like running incredibly like effectively. And there's like and they, they lap PK at some point. He's just there with the, in the BMW works thing with the BMW works Turbo, going, "This is." Sh-. And Patrese's just going <laughs> like absolute great guns with just a cosy in the back. Well, let's let's um, <laughs> let's cover a bit of news before. I know that our news is like increasingly out of date, but let's cover a bit of news um, and then we'll get properly into the other bits, including the race. And we can we can talk Pete through. Pete could probably watch the important bits of that race during the podcast. Um, we could actually take about ten. We could actually do. We could actually do a live watch through if we did ten like copyright reasons down. But ten like for the last two laps, it's only about. The last, you just need to watch about three and a half minutes, and then you'll get, yeah. you'll see, yeah. <laughs> and hear Murray um, just losing his. But we do have a lot of news, though. This is going to yeah. take some time, weirdly enough, and even without us having to actually do focused research, which we normally spend a lot of time on. Um, you mean each week. you're like you you go to motorsport.com while we're recording the podcast? And actually, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I had a quick look before we jumped on. Um, <laughs> But I do want to, before we get to the biggest news, which is obviously the silly season that lasted all of that three hours. Actually, I think it yeah. lasted from the point of view when I woke up in the morning and just read from the beginning of your text conversation that you'd had at like my three o'clock in the morning to like yeah, we were two hours about it. later. Yeah, you were summoned like in the middle of the night. I, I, lived, I lived through it in like five minutes scrolling <laughs> through your conversation. But um, how long it felt like in real life as well. But do, did you see the news that Andretti had called out Ferrari for... They should come back. They should. They should uh, design a engine and maybe even a car for IndyCar. And I then did not see that. And then a day later, Ferrari have now confirmed that they're evaluating the project along with what? sports cars as well. But wow. But and, and but the main thing about this, because firstly, what does it mean if you're you're evaluating a project? I mean, I could be evaluating a driver an Indy car project and uh, <laughs> and then quickly go, nah, it's not going to work out. But um, they do show pictures, and I implore like anyone to check this out of what their original IndyCar evaluation project car looked like. And I wish this that would have happened. From the one from 1986. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's clean. Looks phenomenal. It's, it's clean as hell. That's what I love it because it's um, it just takes that that era kind of Ferrari was kind of beautiful in its way anyway. But this is like clean as hell, and also just looks mm. butch as well at the same time. That's yeah, a, I, it's I, a lovely I, thing. So I mean, if yeah, I. I don't know how it would... I mean, I'm sure that Ferrari only ever say these sorts of things, especially when when Le Mans comes up in conversation. It's normally used just as ammunition to try to get, you know, all of the prize money regardless of where they finish in the championship in F1. Um, but, you know, I still, I still would love to see Ferrari taking on other formulas a little bit more seriously. Yeah. Oh, I just um, want to see Ferrari back like the, Le Mans probably. That's all I want. Yeah, the, LME, uh, the LMDH thing just seems like a total no-brainer now. It's going to be so affordable. You'll be able to run those cars at Daytona as well, um, and um, and it'll be top class at Le Mans. Ferrari so, won't. Ferrari won't do it unless they had unless they had it in some of the rules. Like it's too much. There's too much like um, balance freedom in the rules. Yeah, look, Ferrari won't enter unless they were given an advantage in the rules somehow. Is there still some strange thing with Formula One with Ferrari where if they're if they're pictured on like any sort of advertisement things, they're always shown in front. Yeah, yeah. If they're if they're in trailers for the video game or anything like that, the Ferrari always has to be in the lead. Is that, is that still a thing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it applies to the, the, the most 
the most recent uh, Formula One game trailer, there will be no car in front of a Ferrari. If there's a, you know, if there's a car in the lead that isn't a Ferrari, it means there isn't a Ferrari in that scene. Um, and it applies to uh, the GT stuff as well. So, like, if you look at the grid intro, you know, it's got the uh, load of IMSA GT stuff. Um, the only scenes the Ferrari is in, the Ferrari is in the lead. It's Otherwise, so wacky. I love it. It's like, do you yeah. remember when you're playing uh, like couch co-op games as a kid, and you always mm. you got that one friend that always has to be player one. Yeah. No, but that's this is worse than that. This is. <laughs> I, I love. I the thing is, I love Ferrari. But like Ferrari would be Ferrari if they went. D- it's like it's, it's what no, makes it's them. Really them. Like, yeah, true. I love to hate them, but also I kind of love them as well. But they they do have a they have a special they have a special relationship with the FIA and Formula One. Um, just based on the history and the fact that they've been there for a billion years, um, but those things, things like that, apply to outside of Formula One and to things like licensing for video games and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's incredible. Yep, I love it. But also the um, the other news, I guess we should touch on, not big news or anything, but it's the whole thing about Vettel deciding he doesn't want to drive for Ferrari anymore, right? So, mm. well, I think cover this. Ferrari deciding, like, I don't know. Well, actually, no, I think who do you think made the call? I, I think the friendly both two both parties actually, but. They, yeah, they said it was. They said it was sort of mutual, didn't they? But I like. I think probably Ferrari would have had him for another year, like if he wanted to stick around, um, just because it's easier. But um, I, I heard Binotto like, said that their priorities weren't in alignment or something like that, and I think yeah, that was basically yeah. like, yeah, Ferrari wanted to win and Vettel didn't. What that means? I think the, the thing for Vettel is like obviously Ferrari are in, completely in love with Charles Leclerc um, as we would be, um, as we all are. And, speaking for the world, yeah, I mean, yeah, and 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 so like, why stick around in a team where you're you're not going to be the favourite and the golden boy, you know? So here's my question, right? So yeah, we we know that um, yeah, Vettel's out and um, Science is in. Yes, um, Ferrari. In all of my years of um, watching Formula One, and again, like you know, my good friend of mine who I've you know, now punished for life by having to be a fan of Formula One is convinced <laughs> that this is because Ferrari want. Um, you know, they're basically saying Leclerc is their number one driver and Science is going to be a good backup. But and I was like, you know, I don't know if that's that would make sense with the fact that ever since I remember from like Schumacher onwards, Ferrari have always had a number one driver, like without a doubt. Mm. And, but I don't, I kind of see this as a bit of a change of their approach. Like it would make sense if they're going to have a number one driver. They always have done. Like it was Schumacher, Kimi, Alonso, Vettel, right? Mm -hmm. No questions asked. And now it's like, if you're Binotto, are you going to, Say Leclerc is your number one driver. He's only been in the sport for two years. Probably, no, but they, that's, probably that's not. Like after the, 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 the performances will, yeah, the performances will take care of themselves. And I think I do think Leclerc is faster than Sainz. Um, but I don't think Sainz is going into it thinking he's number two, a number two driver. No, he was team, he was team leader at um, McLaren, obviously. Um, well, let's and... talk about pay for a second. How much? Yeah. Vitt- how much do you think Vettel was being before? I mean, not talking about what he would have been paid for this next year, but I mean, his his pay would have been pretty high. That that yeah. of a multiple a world, champion. world champion. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Leclerc would have been paid basically nothing because you're like, look, you're driving for Ferrari. 
you've only got one year in the sport once you signed onto his contract his contract at Ferrari. Mm-hmm. But, you know, regardless how good he is now, like he's you know, he's you know, as far as Formula One drivers go, he's he's driving for Ferrari. Ferrari aren't you know, giving him but a does, car. Does pay yeah. because this is Ferrari we're talking about. This is the team that say like you're not letting us spend enough. This is the team that argues that like we need we we've got more money to spend. Oh like, yeah, they don't, they don't. This is not like, the wages is not a factor. I don't think in his decision. No, no, no but no, all no, I'm no. saying is it's indicative of where the drivers stand. Like, do you think science is getting paid more than Leclerc because science is coming? They they they've bought science from. Uh, McLaren ultimately haven't they? They've they've procured yeah. him. I mean, every I know every driver has a Ferrari clause. I'm not saying they bought him out of a contract, but like, mm. it, and also every driver does want to drive for Ferrari, so I'm sure most of them would take a pay cut to do so. But you know, I do think it. I I'm be I'm really looking forward to seeing how Ferrari take this on because I have a feeling that they're going to go into this next season with two drivers and with their intent saying. Can you create an atmosphere at Ferrari like science created at McLaren, where you've got a young guy, a slightly more tenured veteran, almost in science, but very established, and win win the constructors for us. We'll figure out who wins the drivers later. But like, you know, in, as you said, Mike, you know, let the results speak for themselves as terms of who they're going to support. Yeah. Or are they going to do the Ferrari think... thing and support the wrong person? <laughs> I think like, the, the relationship at McLaren was helped by the fact that this may just be my perception of it, but like science came out on top uh, results wise, but Lando had like quite a lot of bad luck. I felt yeah. like, um, and I feel like the, the kind of the harmonious relationship might have been less harmonious if that hadn't been the case, because Norris was never able to sort of really demonstrate his pace compared to science like over the course of the season um and science as the more experienced driver came out on top and he's kind of happy with that and he had a really good result at the end of the the end of the season it's sort of like i wonder whether if lando had been outperforming science and science had had bad luck whether they'd have been a bit more sort of like needly with each other Well, also i think the needle really comes in when you're looking at race wins isn't it I think when yeah, you're battling for like midfield stuff, true. it's every yeah. it's all hugs and unicorns and stuff, isn't it? Yeah, that's true. Once it's races and championships, then it starts to get a bit starts to get a bit nasty, doesn't it? Yeah, but I'm I'm just going to be very intrigued to see where you know because Benotto is not the Ferrari team leader we've seen in the past either. So no, I prefer know, him. I I mean, don't say that to Martin. Martin's going to get really upset. Yeah. About oh, no, River no, River, River Brené was just like I would just like to be f-ed by him. Whereas, uh, <laughs> Whereas Benotto, actually, he was like he was also a terrible manager, but that's not I was that's not what I was into him for. Um, but Benotto <laughs> actually seems like a decent guy who knows what he's doing. Pete's just lost it. Pete's just absolutely lost it. <laughs> I knew you were going to say something bad. <laughs> you know that's what you, you you can't bring up that name and not expect something like that. The guy's a dilf. Uh, <laughs> it's actually probably really guilf actually, isn't he? Not even a dilf. Like grandpa, <laughs> he is, yeah, yeah, he's, he's getting good. on a bit, isn't he? Yeah. Um, what I was going to say about the salary stuff was that uh, talking of salary and talking of Vettel's salary, uh, did you see Helmut Marco, who has to comment on everything, obviously, came out and said that uh, Red Bull couldn't afford Vettel. <laughs> he, was like, <laughs> he was like, we wouldn't even be able to pay his salary if he uh, wanted to come here. Does, Mar- so, does Helmut Marco have a Twitter account? Because he should be given one. Yeah. Just like, oh my god! I think it's <laughs> he'd be in prison. Yeah. Yeah. He'd be firing um, drivers using it. 
Mark Webber said, like, well, I, I don't know how well informed Mark Webber is, um, but Mark Webber was like saying on, on Twitter, his response to it was like, well, Seb's informed by um, Bernie, he's like his advisor, so maybe he just knows that this year's Ferrari's going to be crap. That's why he's running to a better team. And it's like, hasn't it interesting reading a bit? But yeah. Yeah, it's true. Well, he it's must true. even knows more than I do, but yeah. So this does also leave the um, the fact that, um, yeah, we have an empty McLaren seat. So. No, we don't. Do we? Oh, no, yeah, Where's you're right. They? No, Ricardo's there. So we have an empty <laughs> Renault seat. We're yeah. even like, we're even late to news that's already happened. You yeah. missed, you missed <laughs> the, the two hour silly season we had where everybody swapped seats. Yeah. Sorry, so the McLaren seat's Ricardo, and then the Renault seat has started that whole loving with Alonso over social media. Right? Yes. I think it is going to be him, and I think it's a terrible idea, because if that team is that team's going nowhere, no offence to it or anything, but that team is staying either where it is or getting, or, or getting moving further back down the field. And having Alonso on the payroll... And with his kind of, I love him, but I just don't want to see a dry, I don't want to see him lingering in the midfield for a couple of bad seasons. And he'll just bring the team down. The team will just destroy it. The team will leave their point after, after this. They well, the him. thing is, you, you, you know, if you're a team that is really looking for a turn of you know, fortune, right? Bringing in Alonso is hasn't been hasn't worked for other teams <laughs> looking for the same thing. I mean, I'm not taking anything away from Alonso. He's brilliant, but like, you know. It seems like he's he is not a good yardstick for good career choices in Formula One, is he? he no, he's going to pick. The always third, goes to the wrong. <laughs> yeah. The third time he's there, it'd be the third time he's there as well. Not just like like oh, yeah, yeah so it's, like he went, he left, went left to go to McLaren, then went back again. Then obviously, had, like was sort of went alright. They won Singapore '09, which was quite a good result, I think. Um, whether, so, um, if and, I were if I were Alonso, I'd be buttering up Lawrence Stroll at the moment. I'd be like. You don't need Perez in that seat. If I was Alonso, I'd be battering up Roger Penske and making sure I can get a decent drive with the 500 and just do just focus on that. Like, yeah. F1's done, man. You did F1. You won two championships. You did some. You had that 2012 season, which was one of the best seasons I've ever seen. Um, like a driver do in terms of like outperforming a car. That's it. You yeah. had an amazing F1 career. Leave it at that. Do what you're doing now because it's awesome. Don't go back. Just don't don't go but, back. But are you saying that you wouldn't? But just speaking selfishly, Martin, even if it's a train wreck, would you not want to see Alonso back in the Renault? No. God, no. I'd rather see I'd rather see him winning the 500. I'd rather see him back in a Toyota. I'd rather see him like in a Megal in the Formula Ford Festival. I'd love to see that. <laughs> um, so who, but, who would we put in that seat then? Hulk? Hulkenberg. No. Not um, Hulkenberg. <laughs> no, he's had so many Vettel. I be... love Vettel, but if you put Vettel in the midfield, Gary Anson made this point, and he just hasn't got the skill set to be a midfield driver, but I also kind of want to see that. I want to see just this human pinball being put in the middle of a, in the midfield in a Renault, just to basically just destroy about every like, should, six cars should, around him. They should bin off Bottas and bring Vettel into Mercedes and just pump him for all the Ferrari secrets for a season and then let him retire for a proper, like... So what what would you learn That's from that? Nice bad thing, strategy. Not, not... What? It... Ba- yeah, bad strategy, obviously. How how to burn lots of oil. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know... I don't know how much they'd learn from that. <laughs> it's always useful information. Isn't it? And, like, Vettel... I think Vettel in a Mercedes would be quick. Like, he probably wouldn't... Well, he's not going to beat Hamilton, I don't think, but he... They quite they get they get on quite well. I quite like the idea of him ending his career. Yeah, they're kind of matey, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, 
And I actually, I, I love Seb. I think Seb's just such a cool name, Seb. Like, yeah, old Seb. My, my, you my make Seb. Name. I think it'd be quite a cool pit lane, not pit lane reporter, but like commentator. But get, get Nico Rosberg out of there and put mm. Vettel in. I don't know. I don't, yeah. I don't know what Bottas is still doing there. And I don't know. When does Bottas' contract Bottas expire? Bottas is good. You no, know he's not. Bottas he's is, a spacer. You know Bottas he's just a wrote? spacer. No, no. <laughs> do, you, do you know where Bottas 3.0? He's just going to come with a full Santa Claus beard. And he bought, <laughs> bought S3.11 for Windows. Yeah, wasn't, <laughs> with, wasn't with that, USB he support. won one race in <laughs> Melbourne and told everyone to, to um, f*** off and then, and then proceeded to not really win any more races. He's good, I, man. It's just Lewis is really, really good. And he's just no, he's but a good he's, backup driver. But he's, like, if, look. he's good, but he's pointless at the same time. Like, why he's lovely. No, but he, I'm not, we're not, it's not a personality contest. It is, it totally is a personality contest. We just <laughs> chuck Ocon in there. I don't get it. I don't no, because we... he loses personality contests because he seems like a <laughs> 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 Therefore it is. You need a succession plan unless you're planning to quit Formula One. That's and true. they are. I mean, Toto Wolf's out, right? He's, he's gone yeah. at some point. Well, Toto's not getting a drive. Toto, Toto, I think put Toto in the Renault. He'd be quick. He actually would be. Did he have a GP2 career? I think all that, I feel no. like every team principal had a failed. Is it just Christian Horner? Christian Horner, uh, yeah. From 3000, yeah. Oh, wait, I've got it. I know who's going to the Renault. Who? Jolian. Not Jolian. <laughs> Get him back in the seat. In addition to, obviously, Vettel's plans, um, we should talk a little bit about science and... Um, and uh, Ricardo, we talked a bit about science, I suppose, but R- Ricardo at McLaren, do you think that's a good fit other than in terms of like social media reach? In terms of that, it's great. But in terms of where his career is, like I think I think he went to Renault thinking it was going to be kind of a stopgap and it might come good. End, but if not, obviously all these contracts were coming to an end. Didn't he claim he wanted to kind of build the team up yeah. and be like... Yeah, but then it became clear he like... went there and realised he couldn't build that team up because it's just a sack of poisonous um, <laughs> it does show you how, how committed he was to that effort right he said that he was it was going to be a few difficult years but he was going to aim to build something that was going to be a race winning type of effort but he only did it for you know a couple of years and he's going to sack it off it's just like you know. yeah yeah but it was always a stopgap I think that it was in it was when he signed that contract it's always if you can prove to me you'll have a race winning car at this point I will stick with you. And if not, there was a cutoff point. He reached that cutoff point, um, I'm sure, last year at some point. And then it was like the trigger, the, the trigger the exit clause. And then it's like, if this seat comes up, and I think he was hoping that he would get the Ferrari drive or maybe he'd like land himself at Mercedes or something. Well, next best happen. thing to get a McLaren Mercedes, isn't it? No, no, seriously, it is. It's a, it's a, yeah. it's a good, it's a good place to be. That team's on the up. Renault's not, Renault doesn't, like, yeah, maybe I'd, I'd love to be proven wrong. Um, because yeah, despite my salt, I think they're, they're they're a brilliant team with great history. Um, but um, yeah, it's just that team doesn't seem to be doesn't seem to have that forward momentum. Whereas McLaren's only going up. Well, and also with with their switch to McLe- uh, to Mercedes engines too. Like mm. I mean, he's if he can't get in a Ferrari or a Mercedes, next best thing is to get in something powered by Mercedes, right? Who else yep. is going to run Renault then? Because it's not so obviously Renault are going to run Renault. Mercedes and McLaren are run Renault. Who else? Runs a Renault, I forget. What Red Bull doing? Honda at the moment. They are, yeah, they? yeah, both of them. Yeah. Is it just Renault? Renault's going to get out. There's no way. Why would they stay in at this point? I don't know. Yeah, that's I, don't, that's I don't see how the board's going to be looking at the program and thinking this is good value for money. And what what better way to kill it than getting Alonso in the seat? 
it would be it would be quite it'd like just send it down in like in absolute flames because it'd be one of those things where even literally everybody could see that as being a bad move and Lonzo would be like I'm doing it boys <laughs> I reckon we're gonna win races everyone would be like what are you talking about god it He's, he wants to come back though, doesn't he, Alonso? And if that's the only seat available, I don't. I think he's. I think he should have. I. I think I would. I hope he's a guy of class, and he just knows that. You can't, don't come back to F one at any cost. Come back if you're going to win races, and maybe he knows something we don't. Maybe Renault have got like some, like mega weapon stored up, and they know something we don't about the regs in, that they're going to change everything like Mercedes did. But also. But then wouldn't Ricardo know about that as well? Yes. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there's but no reason quite, whatsoever. <laughs> it would be quite funny to see the hastily liveried and, and, and rebadged engine that enters the Indy 500 that would somehow be a Honda rebranded as a Renault so Alonso could and enter the Indy still, 500. <laughs> do they still do Chevys at the Indy 500? Do they still do Chevy? Yeah, Chevy and Honda, yeah. But aren't Chevrolet owned by Renault? No, it's GM. Oh, they GM. Yeah, and then Nissan and Infinity, and they all and hmm. and Renault are all the same thing, right? Yeah. Okay. I get mixed up. So yeah, I don't know. I I mean, it's gonna, sorry, Mark. It's going to be Alonso. You just know it's going to happen. This guy, he's got better things to do. Come, let but me. Come round even if it came down, to, if it came down to Vettel versus Alonso, even if uh, Renault's choice was between those two, I'd go for Alonso over Vettel. Really? I think I think Alonso's stock's higher. I'd go for Jodian over 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 either of those. It'd be so cheap too. Can you imagine how much he'd ask for? He'd pay you. Yeah, he'd pay them. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he'd be making sandwiches for the team. <laughs> but um, I do think the go back to Ricardo move. Lando's got to be behind that, right? Because if all he really cares about is not about winning Formula One, but just about increasing his, you know, social media Im- influencer points, like that's going to add to his ammunition, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. His content creation is going to be through the roof. Do you think he's all <laughs> just doing this for just Twitch subscribers or whatever? Like, I hope so. I, mean, I hope yeah. he comes out. And be like, I don't give a shit about winning Monaco or getting. I just want next ninja. Basically, this is, this yeah. is how I went about it in yeah. the most roundabout way. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, good, it's good numbers being an F1 driver, I'm sure. Sponsors about, his own uh, car. <laughs> talking about winning Monaco, are we? do we have anything else to cover before we start talking about the race that we, we well, most of us have watched? Um, well, depending on the order of things, um, I do want to I do want to play a game today. All right, come on, let's do that first then. Yeah. All right. Okay. Good. So, all right. So the game this week is our variation of Kiss, Marry, Kill again. But yeah. obviously this is not... You're not, um, well, I guess we are kind of killing. We're retiring and we're keeping forever and we're reintroducing teams. Okay. So, like, out of the current flock of Formula One teams, which one would you want to, would you say is required that you'd have to keep in the sport to keep F1 either exciting or to maintain its identity or just for LOL or whatever? Um, okay. What one would you want to get, get rid of? And then... What team? It doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be an ex Formula One team. It could be from anything else. What team would you want to see come into Formula One? Okay. Can I go straight in with a retire because it's just an easy one? 
And also, I always go, I always come last these things, and everyone just takes my dick, so I'll get the easy one in. Which is Red okay. Bull. Red Bull can just go and do one. <laughs> you think sure, you that, means, that surely means Toro Rosso goes as well. Yeah, they can go as well. No, they could be rebranded. Like, Toro Rosso can get Alpha rebranded. Tori, sorry. Toro Rosso would get rebranded as Minardi, and um, Red Bull would become Stewart, I guess. Um, <laughs> but that's not that's not how the game. You can't just have them just get free credits for who you want to go back. This is just they, yeah. Which t- one team? I guess actually Red Bull and Toro Rosso would be joined at the hip, wouldn't they? Yeah. So you've chosen the Joker there. So wait, so you get two teams to come back in. Which one? So you're actually just reverting them back to their former. So you're going to get Jaguar <laughs> and European Jaguar Aviation. Though Jaguar on the cusp of being amazing, if it wasn't for like they they had the people there and they got they obviously got Newey and everything. And then... They had a great car in 2003 or 2004, didn't they? Either yeah. the 03 or the 04 Jaguar was actually like pretty handy. You never won a race, but it was like not bad. Well, the, the Stewart of the, of the was it Stewart before that or after? Was yeah, Stewart. Before, right? No, Stewart, Stuart, before. Stuart, Stuart was bad. Stuart Ford, and then it turned into Jaguar. I mean, they um, had they did have their moments of excellence, didn't they? Over the I years, it, was, it may even have been the 04 car, which was the last year before Red Bull came into the sport. Was it? They definitely they, they were only the ascendants, but then because it was, it was they had all the they were. Yeah, someone's putting all the pieces in place. Um, but yeah, I think they did. Was it? Was it? Who was driving for Jaguar at the end at that point? By that Weber. Point? Just Justin Wilson and... had some good drive. Um, some good drives in it. Right. Yeah. At the end, it was Weber and Clean. Was it or someone like that? And they drove yeah, into each other right. in Jaguar's final race. Do you remember? Because Weber was just sitting on the side of the. It was Brazil, and like Weber and his teammate. I think it was Clean. Um, drove into each other, and there's this shot of like Weber just looking completely dejected, having like had both of the the Jaguars out in their final race um, with a collision with each other. They, was, into, they into looked Lago. so good, the Jaguars. I know, and they should. They like because uh, it was they were obviously it's like pinned as being we are going to be the English Ferrari and everything. Um, and they amazing. If it, what wasn't the, if it wasn't for the, the like ridiculous management things, like they was they they got the infrastructure in place and they got people in place to turn it into a, eventually what would be a multi championship winning team. So someone did something right there. But um, okay, so so you you're getting rid of both Red Bull teams. You're bringing yeah. in Jaguar and and European Aviation. See, I'd I'd get if I just change their names back. Well, I would just with a click of the fingers, I'll be like, right, Tyrrell are back. Mercedes have gone. Um, but just... you can't have another one. You've, you've already <laughs> had two. Okay. Which was the team you're going to keep forever then? Like, which one are you th- going to say? Are you, you going to go down the road that most no, people assume you'd go down? No, I haven't said Ferrari, but I'd say Williams, man, because Williams to me are the spirit of F1. Wait, Williams or McLaren? I wonder one of the two. They kind of got that old. Um... Williams, actually, I'll say Williams. Williams have got that garage East Williams, like, them. Williams are in the most, da- they need the most protection. They're in the most danger of disappearing. And yeah. Williams, and I to think... me, is what F1 is, should, be, it should be about. Um, like, it's about Family the garage. Team. Yeah, no, but it's just about, because it's that, um, just Frank doing what, what Frank did and everything, the kind of privateer who just kind of um, elbowed his way to the top and everything. I love that. I absolutely love that. I think Williams yeah. are important to the spirit of the sport as Ferrari are. What about you, Mike? What, what were your thoughts? Um... Yeah, I I think to be fair, I think Williams are the one I'd want to keep again, just for like nostalgic reasons and and like you say, the fact that they feel like they need protecting. Like I just found the the Williams episode of Drive to Survive just excruciating. Like it was just yeah. horrible to see how far that team had fallen. And I I 
I do think their their days are numbered basically. And if so, if I had a chance to to save a team and keep it in forever, I'd pick them over Ferrari. Who? Yeah, I think we know. I think we can agree on that one actually because a lot of people would say, well, F one needs Ferrari for its identity. But we talked about this before. Like Ferrari aren't going to leave. And even no. if they did leave, I don't think it really matters too much. Ferrari, to Ferrari needs it matters F1 more for its Ferrari. identity. Yeah, like Ferrari yeah. needs F1 for its identity. So it, it doesn't the way around, but it's bo- It doesn't need us to protect it. And I think the thing that between McLaren and Williams, to me, when you guys hearing you guys talk about it, is that McLaren would survive without Formula One. Yeah, yeah they've and, got a, a profitable yeah, road car business, and they've it? got they they do a bunch of stuff with sports cars. They're probably going to do something with the. LMDHHD. Yeah. Also, Williams DPI. Engineering's also like Williams Engineering is also massively successful. Not Sold that, yeah, it. Like, oh yeah, of course they did. <laughs> yeah, it's gone. Mm. So I mean, if that's the thing, if if Williams left Formula One, we'd lose Williams forever. Like they'd be gone. Mm. So I think yeah, and and I, and I think out of if you look at the beginnings of Williams too, like they started to, they're like basically Carlin, aren't they? <laughs> but like the Formula yeah. One, but they they created just to race in formula one racing you know single seaters basically and then that's what is in their dna that's all they really do now that they don't do the extraneous stuff but and we need we need teams like that there aren't enough yeah. teams like that you know so who would be the ones that you uh get rid of um i would get rid of um purely like short-sightedly purely short-sightedly i get rid of mercedes like they're they've been dominant they're likely to remain dominant for a while i don't think a change in regs would make any difference and they're already sort of talking about leaving well yeah you know go on then i can see mercedes racing formula e now so i don't really need them in formula one i've got nothing against them obviously um and i i think it'd be fun if they left because it'd be fun to to break that that sort of domination that's happened for the last few seasons. It'd be fun to see what Hamilton did, whether he'd be ready to retire or whether he'd um, yeah. go somewhere else and we'd see his prodigious talent in a diff- completely different car. Um, so yeah, I'll get rid of Mercedes, please. Yeah, I think that's a good shout. And then who would you reintroduce or introduce afresh? Footwork. Is that I'd just back... for the livery? Yeah, Footwork just for the arrows. This... <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm I'm having footwork, and I'm having. That's I a want sponsor. You can't bring a, sh- a sponsor back. Foot no footwork. We're a, footwork. We're a separate team for two years. Footwork arrows, isn't it? No, it's footwork. It's just footwork. It was called. Footwork oh, Google. <laughs> Remember, Martin. Martin was 28 years old when this happened. I drive for but... work for the team, mate. I was. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I had to drive there for like. A, it didn't go that well, to be honest. But um. Uh, full name Footwork Arrows. Yeah, I guess so. But, but it, was the Arrows it, was, te- it was the Arrows team. This Footwork was a Japanese uh, clothing company like who sponsored Arrows <laughs> for two years. Are you going to yeah. change your? Are you going to change your entry? No. I just want, I just want <laughs> the want team as shop, was. You want a shop to enter? Yeah, I, I just. <laughs> want, all right, well, you could say Benetton. Benetton, be the same thing. Yeah, exactly. Pretty much. Yeah, but Benetton's like a, told Alpha Tower. We've got a design. Yeah. We've got a. We've got a clothes shop in there this year. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I want H and M. I want Uniqlo and H and M. Like a Red Bull, I could actually tolerate if they were just called Uniqlo. I'd be well yeah, into that. Primark F1 team. <laughs> I, want, I want. I want footwork, and I want Taki Inui to come back as team principal. Okay, that's a good shout. 
All right, yeah, so you're... 1991, Arrows was officially renamed Footwork for 1991. Officially yeah, but that's a sponsor renamed. thing, isn't it? Yeah, and there's, there's Arrows. Officially renamed. All right. Well, okay. You could say that Stuart was officially renamed Jaguar. Don't, don't, let, don't let Martin don't let Martin Footwork shame mine. you. I'm having fun. It's fine. <laughs> he's, he's already broken the rules by picking half the grid yeah, to get to the grid. I'm just going to change your name, sorry. <laughs> And it's all because of his hatred for Helmut Marco and energy drinks. It's, <laughs> it's all for my love and H&M. That's what it is. <laughs> so my, I, I was, as always, I've thought long and hard about this to the point where I didn't even watch the race this week because I was mulling this over <laughs> so much. Um, excuse. But no, I agree with the Williams. I think that was a good shout. And um, I think the, the reasoning for keeping it is, is legit. But it's also the same reason why I would get rid of Haas. And I, it sounds like I'm just like, picking on the american entry but <laughs> and but but i'm not like that's for the same reasons why i want to keep williams it's exactly the same reasons why why i don't like what Haas are doing <laughs> like i just don't it, they're not they're everything that a garage easter is not right they're basically buying a customer car and i know you can ask that that, is that... yeah no, I don't. The whole point of garage eater stuff is that there's a chance someone's going to rock up with something genuinely innovative. There's when no I think way. When I think garage eater, I think Rob Walker, and I think someone who just buys a customer car. Like obviously, think obviously buys a chassis and like yeah. Doesn't themselves. That's what I think. See, I see. I I I don't see it like that. I think there's a bit more of the fact that like back in the day, you you. Know, actually, kind of on that motorsport engineering website thing, I was talking to you guys in, on our little break similar thing like they were talking about how you'd you know you'd you'd buy parts for a car and build something by folding up some aluminium honeycomb and stuff like that and bolting an engine on the back of it and you go racing and it's like that that's kind of where a lot of these yeah these historic teams kind of came from that aren't linked to manufacturers like but also cars I think buying we... a customer car to me is they're not they're never going to win races i'm sorry but like you're never going to beat people by buying someone else's car and running it Unless you have a Monaco '96 happen to you. Yeah, but you can create great memes and great moments for the Netflix series, and that's what's. I mean, yeah. it's it's brilliant for that. Don't get me wrong, but like, I just it, it to me, I, I, I the thing I love most about Formula One is the chance someone's going to do something absolutely bad, crazy, like double diffusers or fan cars and those sorts of things, or or telescopic steering wheels that pump up mm. your tires. It, <laughs> it's not Haas aren't going to create that for me, so they're a waste of a grid spot. I, doesn't it? Haven't we already decided that we really want more like customer cars as a as a rule in Formula One? Yeah, like, yeah totally. Wouldn't that mean bigger grids and more racing, essentially? Yeah, but it also means if I'm going to kill some some one of the teams, I'm going to get rid of those ones first. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, like enough. if I if I, out of all the other choices, like I mean, Red Bull to me. Well, I, you know, I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with mine. I'd keep them based upon the fact that they do bring profile to the to the sport. Yeah, but um, they're just a f- marketing outfit, and it's just there's no. No, I know they are, it. and it's annoying that their drinks company beats like car companies. Um, but-, I, but here's here's my counter argument. I feel like Red Bull in general have done more for motorsport than any other brand in the last yeah. ten years, and not they, just Formula One. Not like, just Formula the board, One. Yeah, they they. Like the only reason WRC still exists is because of Red Bull, from what I can tell. Um, like they they've contributed so much, um, and all right, I don't like Helmut Marco very much, and I I think they they do tend to chew and chew up and spit out um, young drivers. But I like 
I feel like warmly towards Red Bull because they are occupying two spots on the Formula One grid that no one else would be would yeah. be running. And um, like, take like, I mean, what are other choices to get rid of? Like Racing Point, but I mean, you could argue oh, they're kind of a customer. But then, so there's yeah, Aston Martin. Yeah, Ast- but they they are. I mean, technically, they're just stealing ideas from another team. That's fine in my book. I'm absolutely okay with that. That's part of Formula One. Um, <laughs> And if you can do it and get away with it, then then you're fine. Um, and then obviously, I you know I wouldn't be killing you know the anyone to do with a, a manufacturer because again they bring profile to the sport. And I, you know while we have any, we should have as many as we can. Well, um, I did just get rid of Mercedes, so yeah. Well, yeah. Get rid I mean, of all the manufacturers. <laughs> but that's just a shame. The, the manufacturers killed the sport. That's like that's but why that, the sport is in this ridiculous. Predicament. They're leaving. The manufacturers but it's are going. Like, in the next five it, years, all the manufacturers will be gone. But it's sure. like it's like the World Endurance Championship, isn't it? Like if you got one manufacturer in it, there's just no point because it, they, well, that's that manufacturer like, Toyota. In which case, it's fine. Well, <laughs> we'll give Toyota a pass, but <laughs> it's very hard to justify a, a P1 showing up that's not Toyota because you're just going to get your ass handed to you. Well, um, Rebellion's won a race. By and Colin's, Colin's just on a break. If Colin was around, he'd be kicking his ass. <laughs> he just happens yeah, to be on a break at the moment. He doesn't, yeah. he doesn't want to embarrass Toyota. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, I'll give them, I'll give them this. They want to have their victory parade. They've had a lot of money for this. I'll kick back for it and come back yeah. hyper strong with my hypercar. <laughs> the ACO have asked him politely just to hold off for a couple of years <laughs> and let Toyota have their, their day in the, in the limelight. But all right, so... So you're all in agreement. My decision about binning Haas is the right one. We'll move on. Um, <laughs> but so I would, um, I would keep, yeah, keep Williams as we talked about. I bring back. I really struggled with because I really like the old school. Like I wanted like Leighton House and Pacific Ooh, stuff like yeah. that. Um, oh, like the idea House of like good. barely barely qualifying would be <laughs> hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going but, to be like, I'm kind of going to be really annoying again. It's such like the house. It's uh, uh, it's Mark. <laughs> like the house is a name of a state agent. Just, <laughs> Let me check whether they remit, renamed it to Lake House <laughs> at any point, Martin. But I would also mandate that Adrian Newey has to rejoin them. Um, but, but no, actually, I, I think I would actually want. Um, I was leaning towards having Penske. Leighton House Racing was a Formula One constructor yeah. that raced in the 1990 <laughs> 91 seasons. They were March, weren't they? They weren't they effectively March? It was, in essence, a rebranding of the March team. But, but they that's were... like saying Mercedes. I, lo- I love being, I'm the stubborn old man who just, I'm going to refuse to call Mercedes. Mercedes <laughs> from now on. They'll always be terrible. They're always terrible. <laughs> yeah, like, what? I, I don't know. What, what is this Mercedes you talk talking well, about? It's, it's not Aston Martin, it's Jordan. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to go further back. No, wait. No, I couldn't. Uh, it's Jordan. Yeah, yeah it's Jordan. Uh, what else have we got? It's, um... oh, man. Was, what, who Tolman. Was before... Renault, to- Tolman is Renault, right? I think that's as far is, back as you go. Is that them. Tolman? Yeah. But Tolman, Benetton, Renault, Benetton. <laughs> like, um... Crikey. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, well, sorry. It... <laughs> so I, I would, I would want, um, I would want Penske to step in by the remnants of USF1 <laughs> and, oh my God. and re- rejuvenate that, that entry into being an actual US constructor of Formula 1 cars. Penske, Penske had an F1 team. Um, they did for a while, right? Yeah, for, in, in, in 1974 and 1975, um, uh, uh, Penske had that F1 team. But, um, yeah. Mark Donoghue and John Watson. Well, that's mm, a amazing. Lineup. But I think that would be a cool... Because I... 
Penske are like, I mean, all right, they have a DPI in in like the IMSA series, which is basically they're just being team jurist for the, like they were for Audi, right? Basically, they're yeah. running the Acuas. But like, what are they actually doing these days? And they're still considered to be like one of the prime like race teams in the US. And it's like, so they run a NASCAR, which is a silhouette series. And if anyone tells me anything different, I'm just not going to have a conversation with them because it's stupid. Um, I mean, Penske, <laughs> Pen- the main thing Penske are doing at the moment is is literally running IndyCar, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Does but, Penske own IndyCar now? Yeah, yeah. Much, so yeah. He, but but IndyCar is is basically you know Formula Two. Um, oh, Pete, Pete, you know we spell that okay. But I mean, it is you're running Dallaras that are basically the same chassis, just with different bits stuck on it and different engines. But ultimately, <laughs> it's a spec series. I don't know why we're. I mean, all right, it's great. I love watching it. I wouldn't take anything away from it. It's, it would be on my list of things to watch on a weekend along with Formula One. I, I would never purposefully miss a race. But, like, it is what it is. It's a spec series. Um, and so, what, what? I mean, how are Penske seen to... I mean, they had, like, fantastic success. But in, like, the 90s and the 80s and IndyCar, when things were a little bit more open. So, having proved that they still have the, the ability to do that sort of thing. I mean, I... Yeah, yeah, if you like. I mean, you could just... I mean, you don't even have to dress it up as US F1. You can just say, I'd like Penske in there, please. Yeah, you're, I just like linking it to US F1 just for the LOLs. Right, fair enough. <laughs> um, yeah. I, and I, I'll have Mark that, Andretti I, driving for them. Yeah. Marco. That'd be amazing. <laughs> uh, I, I'd love to see more of an uh, American presence in F1. I think the, the fan base is, is kind of getting there and, you know... It's, huge america's a huge country with a huge amount of like motorsport history and pedigree like it would seem mad that they wouldn't be sort of properly represented in um in well, and also if you if you start thinking about like where in the world you have the best tracks to race at yeah we race so much overseas in like the you know the flyaway races today but like really the best race tracks to race in uh in kent right well, yeah, yeah brands, other than brands, I but like, but but you got the the. I mean, I, I, this sounds really harsh, but like they are in Europe and in North America and South America, right? I mean, it's like I mean, well, I'm talking into Lagos is the one in South America, <laughs> but um, but Not the like circuit, Hermanos Rodriguez. But I do think there's there's a lot of good. I mean, imagine if F1 made it to Laguna Seca. Is it cool? Break cars. Yeah. (laughs) It would be wonderful. And like even like whatever Sears Point is called now. Um Uh, wait. Sonoma, Infineon. Sonoma. uh, It's Sonoma. Is it? Yeah. I think so. It's had about eight eight hundred different names. Yeah, and you've got the Glen. Stuff like that. I mean, I just think there's some great we've tracks. Discuss, we've discussed F- about how we, we want F1 to come back to Watkins Glen. F1 back if you look at Glen at Z- would be the dream, yeah. If you look at Zandvoort, like, I don't think it's... I don't think Watkins Glen is much less suitable for Formula 1 than Zandvoort was. Yeah, I, and they, like- they, they have made it worse, too. I have to say that there's no way it's more suitable now that they've made it a death trap. <laughs> <laughs> but, but they've got Kota, and Kota is obviously... A lot of money has been invested in Dakota, and it is a modern, uh, a modern F1 track. Uh, yeah, 
you know, they did a great job recreating the Paul Ricard. Yeah, exactly. It's weird that everyone, because I think we've talked about this before, but everyone loves Kota. And maybe if you go there, it's great. And I say, because it's near Austin, it's great. But as a track, just having some kind of like weird kind of post up mash of just every corners from every other track. It's just like, yeah. that's not a track. You just copied and pasted. Like, that's not the same as yeah. track. To, the yeah. only good thing about, the only really good thing about Kota as a track is that like mad rush up the hill into turn one, into like a blind apex at turn one. Yeah. Um, it produces it produces okay races, but it's got no character. I don't think really. Well, I guess the, t- the turn one is a character. Maybe like, yeah, because yeah, like, I don't know what other track actually has that mad run up to the hill. So it's always got that. I do think they they it was designed by someone saying, okay, well we've got to use this turn one because we can't we can't excavate anymore. So we've got to use that that incline. Hmm. Um, after that, we'll just go left, right, left, right, left, right, left, right, left, right, left, right. <laughs> 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 and that'll be the end of section one. It's just like <laughs> are you, are you try, were they trying to create like the maggots Beckett's complex. No, that's, what that's, 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 that's exactly, that's what, exactly what, it what it is. That's what that's what annoys me about it. Yeah. But then did they put they another lift... maggots and Beckett's after it? Yeah, it they, like they <laughs> loved it so much. It's such a good corner. Where the <laughs> maggots and Beckett's together, along with the S-curves from the uh, Suzuka. I mean, this is like turn eight Istanbul in there somewhere, and like every like like there's loads of weird corners just pinched by other places. It's fucking strange. Yeah. Bizarre circuit. Um, but yeah, so that's that then. I think we've, we've once again. I think we've fixed Formula One, haven't we? Always, be... always. We do it every week, and for no pay. When's yeah. Ross Braun going to get on the phone and be like, "Yeah, we'll give you guys salaries of 100k a year to to fix Formula One." Talking of call, Ross, Ross Braun, just for a second, if you guys yeah. watch any of the older, like late 90s, early 2000s races when he was at Ferrari. No, because I watched I, 982 Monaco Grand Prix this week. Like, yeah, like you were supposed to. Yeah, I know, yeah. sorry. I, I, watched, I, got, I got distracted. Watching, like, I got distracted. 27 other races. And the 98 Belgian Grand Prix <laughs> dragged me in like it like it, it, like it really can do. It's dangerous. Um, but I love Ross Braun's dedication to wearing a, a fire suit all the time. Like, any mm. excuse. I think he still wears one now, actually. Yeah, under under, the, under, the, uh, under yeah. that shirt and everything. That yeah. well-pressed, like, yeah, he loves it. TM Lewin shirt. He's got yeah. a fire suit. It's like um, it's like when uh, when player football players retire to become like managers, and they insist on still wearing basically most of the team kit, like yeah. a tracksuit and stuff like that. Rather I love than it. Settling into a big coat, which is what you're supposed to do if you're a manager. Um, shall we talk about the 1982 Monaco Grand yeah. Prix? Tell me what happened after Rene Arnoux span out in the. Uh... Where the swimming pool chicken. Really, I knew he took his helmet off and then he revealed that he's a hunk. We're not, uh, well, we don't <laughs> but he's like, in terms of f***able drivers, like there's a lot of them in this race. Rene Arnoux is hot as hell, right? Like Rene Arnoux needs prime. You would. <laughs> did, right? he know that, did I see it right that he just walks across some rocks? Yeah, yeah that's, that's, how, that's how, like, that's how, like, horny that dude is. <laughs> walks across rocks in his little soft shoes doesn't even care while smoking a ghoul <laughs> I think that's just the, literally the only way they could leave the circuit if you crash there but um that as well but also God, what, what what I mean what happened was uh I mean not a ton for a bunch more laps to be honest like there's some so it's a standard the... Monaco standard Monaco for a bit yeah. part no, of the, the race then that's because um, this is this is before blue flags were like mandated us to, like, yeah. to jump out of the way and so when someone gets a blue flag it's like I don't know if this guy's going to get out of the way or not, or if this guy's an arsehole. Yeah, just hold up. And, like, and then, you guess, like, James Hunt's salt is incredible, but James Hunt's salt towards that Marcus who don't get out of the way. 
Um, it's amazing. Like, and Sura is being lapped for. Oh, Sura's being lapped again. Let's see what he does this time. Sura is my. Sura is genuinely my driver of the day for that my- entire race because he finished six laps down in the top ten, and he jumped. <laughs> he jumped out of the way perfectly every time they came round. Everyone else was real trouble. Like. Um, Elicio Salazar. Salazar gets a pace well, in from Hunt. He's like, yeah, he's like, <laughs> well, he's not really gotten out of the way. And frankly, based on, uh, you know, Salazar's previous performances, I'm not really surprised and all this stuff. He's like, absolutely going out. My driver of the whole race, Pete, you've got to watch his race. The driver of the whole race is Brian Henton. Have you ever heard of Brian Henton? No. No, no. one's heard of Brian Henton. I had no idea Brian Henton was ever an F1 driver. And Murray Walker... Only like he talked about the progress uh, because it's a broadcast of the BBC. It's the, uh, people know what the British driver's doing. Um, he says, "Here's how John Watson's doing." He never mentions Mansell for some reason that much. Mansell's in Lotus. No, and it's not he Ma- just Mansell's he's not there. He keeps on shouting out the name of Brian Henton, and I'd never heard of Brian Henton before. And I thought it's like Brian Henton sounds like a plumber or something. And my walk's like Brian Henton's in fourteen. It's like who the f- is Brian Henton? Brian it's Henton probably one of like, those things with Murray where like that Brian Henton guy had like bought him a, a beer lunch. or something the night yeah. before and he's just like ah oh, lovely chap I'll, I'll Brian Henton him. had quite a long career in F1 he was like I, he was a British driver I, like, I'd never heard of him before uh, and he was in F1 for years a lot of 14th positions presumably he's still alive uh, yeah he's probably a plumber now then isn't he <laughs> no, he runs he, he, he runs equestrian events on his estate in um, somewhere nice Crikey! 1975 to 1982, he was active. That's a that's a long tenure. I, yeah. Like he did, he popped in and out. He wasn't like he, but he was like on the periphery and in races and like he drove for Lotus in 1975. But that was when Lotus were yeah, Lotus had a bad year that year. Um, <laughs> but no one ever told me about Brian Henton. It's just really strange to hear Murray Walker because I'm like I knew this race is like really famous and everything, but I'd never watched all the way through. And it's just phenomenal. Are to we watch sure? It all the way through. Are we sure? Are we sure he isn't a figment of someone's imagination? That's what I Look thought. At... I'd never heard of Brian Henton. Murray Walker just keeps going, Brian Henton! And you never see any footage <laughs> I, of him. I'm looking, your... at, I'm looking at his some of the teams he's raced for. Team Rothmans International. All right. Cigarette guys, Rothmans. Fine. Sounds legit. The next team he drove for was British Formula One Racing Team. What? You can't <laughs> a team called British Formula One Racing. Team. That's, that's like a, a money laundering project. operation. That's like a, a place on Project Cars Two or something. Like when you're driving one of those crazy cars. So they're both they're both in 19. This is all in 1977. To be fair, um, British. That was th- Brian Henton's own team. British Formula One Racing Team. Was it? <laughs> what, like, so, <laughs> so his team naming imagination is as imaginative as his own name. Brian, but, Brian he ran so, his own team called British Formula One Racing. I love this guy even more. So, so Team Rothmans International was a March chassis with a Cosworth DFE. Then British Formula One Racing team was a March chassis with a uh, Cosworth DFE. And then his other team in 1977 was HB Bewaking Alarm Systemanen. And the chassis was a Borrow 001. You'd never heard of them. This is a team run by the brothers Bob and Rudy Hugenboom. (laughs) 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 They run in the effort. Surely this guy's made up. Surely he doesn't exist. We need to get Brian, we just get Brian, do a whole Brian Henton episode of the podcast where he's like, this team sounds amazing. Amazing. I think the fact that he he is made up or not is probably disproved by the fact that. Martin's Google image searches have just been on Brian Henton for the past week. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, what a legend, I, though. It it does it is reflective of the fact that um 
I was watching this race feeling like like this is probably the earliest one of the earliest races like uh, F1 races I've ever seen um like in full and um it was obviously before I was born but so many of the teams and liveries and stuff were just totally unfamiliar to me like the I didn't realize that there was while there were the McLarens with the Marlboro livery, and then there was the Alfa Romeo team those also Alphas, with the Marlboro. Yeah, those Alphas were like livery, I was, which is mad. I was one when this was when this race happened. Not even mm. one yet. Actually, I wasn't even one. I was like a, like six seven months old. So like I wasn't. Um, yeah, I don't have. So, your so you remember it vividly? My my, yeah, my trousers were off the because you were just in a nappy. Yeah. So um, be, being a being an avid Marlboro smoker yourself at that time. <laughs> um, yeah, and having a, a big fan of the Alphas. No, I did get a real like watching an old race. I had a massive craving for cigarettes while watching it as well. Like I haven't smoked for years, but like watching it, you're like, God, I would love a marble right now. Because <laughs> did you I, see on the idea? Did you see on the grid again? Referring to one of the only bits that I did see, one of the a few of the Marlboro mechan. Well, I'm saying it was either McLaren or Alpha mechanics were wearing those brimmed sun hats that had the collage of Marlboro logos all over them. Right. And I was like, that, I need that. That's a look. life. That because is like, look. that is the most inappropriate headwear you could wear these days. The Arturo Mazzario look, isn't it? That guy, um, like the ultimate Marlboro driver who just wore like a, cow- like a Marlboro-branded uh, cowboy hat. It's incredible. <laughs> That's incredible. He was literally the Marlboro man. Um yeah, I, like the, I, the Tyrrells as well were running their candy. Alberto was there, wasn't he? Yeah, Alberto. But when, when Alberto retires, though, Brian Walker keeps referring to him as Brian Henton, even though it clearly says in the TV <laughs> stream that it's Michele Alberto. He says, Brian Henton! And Brian Henton's just passed Brian Henton. Um, <laughs> but that, that candy delivery on the Tyrrells amazing. The yeah, it looks great. Yeah, I love that. Great. My, my favourite bit... Uh, well, actually, uh, so before I get on to this... Um, one other thing I noted from like looking up the the sort of because I was like, obviously you see the you see the finish of this race, which we'll get onto in a second, um, and you can understand why maybe those results might have changed after the fact. So I sort of went onto Wikipedia to see if they had changed, and that's when I discovered that eleven cars failed to qualify or pre-qualify. So thirty-one cars showed up to that Monaco Grand Prix, uh, and there was a twenty-car grid. How that's- bonkers is that? You're old, man. The first Grand Prix, I'm old even, sorry, you're young. Like, the first Grand Prix I ever went to was, uh, had pre- pre-qualifying in 1990. mad. With Giacomelli as well in the in the Life car. Yeah. Well, Giacomelli was in the Alpha in this race. Yeah. But I just, I find it bonkers that, like, Derek Warwick was one of the cars that didn't qualify, or didn't pre-qualify even. Um, so they had pre-qualifying and then qualifying, and then they had settled on a grid of... 20 cars, but like Derek Warwick was in there. I think Jacques Lafitte was in there. Some like decent, handy drivers, just obviously without the machinery. Um, but yeah, can you imagine 30, 31 cars showing up to Monaco and, and running in practice sessions? And, and Where would you fit all the gin palaces? Yeah, well, quite the floating gin palaces. Um, but let's, let's talk about the end, which is the bit that Pete didn't see. But basically, the final two laps of this race are absolutely hilarious it's phenomenal it's like nothing you've ever seen before it's like so oh my let's, god let's let's try and recall the sequence of events who's leading um, like, who's leading at this point in like in the last prost, couple of laps prost is leading running into the, the last couple of laps and what car is prost driving he's the renault okay oh yeah, yeah um so he's been leading for the whole race pretty much since um arnu stuffed it uh or spun it and stalled um 
Frost has basically been commanding the, the entire race. And then coming out of the... Uh, oh, so can I just... Are they, do, do they do pit stops or refueling in these races at all? No, no refueling, but occasionally cars would stop for a, a tyre stop if they felt they needed it. And a sandwich. It. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, it seems pretty optional. But um, Prost... So Prost is leading, and then he bins it, uh, coming out of that chicane out of the tunnel. Uh, so on the exit of that, he gets on the gas a little bit too early and stuffs it into the barrier. So nice. he he's out the lead. And which... how many laps to go? Two laps to go. Basically. Two laps. Prost, to go. Prost is out a bit before then, I think. Yeah, but yeah, like yeah. Or yeah, like it's two, three, two or three. It's near the end, right? Two or three yeah, laps yeah. to go at this point. Um, Patrese is then um, uh, escalated into the lead, and he loses it like minute, like a minute later. And what's on the Patrese run... in? The... Brabham. Brabham, okay. Loses it on the run down to the hairpin. Every single one of them gets the Murray curse. What Murray's always like, all yeah. he's got to do is stroke at home. So easy. Yeah. And he's spun! <laughs> and he's off. Um, right, yeah, rotates it and is facing backwards going into the into the Lowe's hairpin. The best and thing, stores his car. Do you rewind a few seconds? Like, before Prost goes off as well, he absolutely bodies, like, he tried, in talking of, like, blue flags not mean anything, he's got to um, lap Derek Daly at one point. And he just completely bodies him, like, on the, uh, going into Sam Devote. Like, properly, like, both, like, all four wheels just taps him into the wall. He just goes, yeah, like, yeah. I need to get through here. It's incredible. <laughs> um, so that leaves Peroni, no, yeah, Didier Peroni, Peroni yeah. in the Ferrari in the lead. And he's already missing his nose cone from a previous incident. So his car looks very secondhand. And then he runs out of fuel in the tunnel, which is <laughs> pretty amazing. Um, and then... He Derek was... Daly. Derek Daly leads for a bit. Derek Daly's got no real wing. Yeah, came off at some point. I mean, he's going around. Like, Derek because... Daly's going to win a race. Like, I don't remember Derek Daly winning an F1 race. Like, oh no, he doesn't. He crashes in a second. With like one <laughs> lap the, to go. The, the brilliant thing is that like Murray and and James Hunt are like, oh, it's Derek Daly, and Hunt's like, yes, I think we're going to see a great performance now. Derek Daly's very, very good in the in these mixed conditions, you know. Um, and Wait, so like, neither of them seem to notice that he doesn't have a rear wing at all. No, he's not had a rear wing for the, like for th- four or five laps before that. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah he's just... somehow getting around. But so, we, did you? So, do you say it was actually? Was it raining then? At this yeah, point? it started, started raining. Rain. The last few laps, it started raining. Um, okay. Oh god, it's, it's so incredible. And what then, happens at the end. Uh, right. So after all so this, Derek Daly's got no rear wing. Well, what happens to him? He just he just just. Kisses keeps, the barrier, keeps, it just goes yeah, straight. As you keeps, would do, try and drive around Monaco yeah. on slicks in a, um, a ground-effect turbo car <laughs> like, I, I with no rear wing. I think that's all the questions. It's pretty difficult, yeah. <laughs> but um, at one point, James Hunt, said, James Hunt like, just says, like, this is a bizarre situation. We're waiting here for a winner to come round and no one seems to want to do it. And like everyone's yeah. just like falling out of the way. Because like, the they're sitting in the line, it's the final out. lap and everyone's just, just running out of fuel and stuffing it and stuff. But... um. Eventually, Patrese, having stalled his car and not... I mean, the starter motors on these cars were not... As you knew from the Rene Arnoux thing, the starter motors were not up to refiring these cars. Do they even have them? Uh, they did, but they apparently did, yeah, they're, they they're, they're awful. <laughs> um, so apparently what Patrese did was having faced backwards into the um, uh, into the hairpin, he'd let his car roll back and then let it roll down the other part of the hill um, and use that to bump start the car and got it going again. So he didn't have any outside assistance, didn't have any marshals pushing him, so he wouldn't get 
disqualified. That's genius. And then he wins the race. But he doesn't <laughs> know he's won the race. Yeah, he's no idea as well. So he crosses the line and he's like looking pretty despondent. Oh, he gives Peroni a lift as well, which is quite nice. And goes considerably faster than I would want if I was sitting <laughs> in the side pod of a car with no front wing in the wet at Monaco. Um, um, no front wing by design, but still. Um, anyway, yeah, Patrese crosses the line, has no idea he's won, and then is informed that he's won. And then they think they've shaken out and that Nigel Mansell's going to have gotten a podium. And then the results appear and they just seem to be like made up from what I can tell. And Murray and James are like, oh, okay. Well, Patrese's won, but apparently Peroni's second. And, you know, hmm. I don't know. Yeah, it's very, very strange. But it's such a weird race. It's kind of standard Monaco right up until the final few laps. And there's this flurry of action and, and just nonsense, basically. Good race. Well, you should watch I'm going to have, I'm going to go, I'm going to go back and watch it. I've got some catching up to do because I clearly haven't watched enough motor racing this week. Just watch the last five laps. That's pretty much all you need to do, really. Um, but it is amazing chaos. It is just, and just so perfectly timed. Yeah, it was a good race. It was a good, good Monaco race. Not quite as like consistently action packed as the 96 one that we watched, but like obviously the, the final few laps absolutely make up for it. And those cars make up for it as well i think those cars might be like some of my favorite cars of all time because if i could like i say that just completely hyperbole but um i'd never i I don't i'd ever seen watch ground effect cars run before like properly um and there is otherworldly grip yeah yeah well it's 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 it's, it's, like it's it's like what you see today basically because obviously the aero right now is phenomenal um but it's like what you see today, but combined with this the madness of those crazy turbos and those like massive big um Huge like mechanical grip, um, mechanical grip of those tires and everything as well. Like, oh yeah, my god, yeah. it's just phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. Astonishing to watch, and I, I think, um, like I said, it's sort of one of the earlier, earlier races. So like that I've seen at least like in its entirety. But like little things just stood out to me, like the fact that there were actually spectators at Monaco, like people hanging over the barriers and stuff. Do you know what I mean? They're just like literally well, leaning over the barriers and cheering people on. Um, which there's was... a car at the top of the like the, of Rewa Stand, which I never knew it was called that before. But like they're at the top of the hill, and I just leave it there for the entire seventy. Like mm. it, it crashes after like two laps, and then for the entire seventy-five laps, there's just a car on the side of the track. It's yeah, like, you might want to move that, guys. Wasn't yeah. it also? It was either the, the Lowe's hairpin or Tabak, but it was very obvious when they had like the panned out view that it was just like one Armco barrier and then a public road because there were just cars parked there. Like mm. just, and I was like, it seems like it's. Awfully, you can see much more of actual Monaco than you can today because everything's so like every, there's grandstands everywhere and stuff but like I that. I love that the camera more... angle was the same. Like you know those iconic Monaco camera angles. You know the one obviously around the station yeah. hairpin. You know the one, um, yeah, the one going up the hill and everything. And there's always yeah, like I love that all the camera angles have been the same for like like yeah. Well, since I've been born, basically almost four years. Like that that Lowe's hairpin shot is like the most like if if. An F1 game is going to get something right. They're going to get that point of view yeah. of a yeah, camera. Yeah, yeah. Even if all the other camera angles are stupid and they follow the car around because it's like on an invisible hoist behind the car. It's like, <laughs> yeah. They're, they're still going to make yeah. sure they get the Lowe's hairpin one right. I loved when they were coming through uh, Anthony Nogues, the final, the final corner, and there's just that bar there and there's just people sitting there at the bar and you can just see all their like legs and they're sitting at this this sort of windowed bar thing which looks incredible that's definitely was it on, on like the first lap or the parade lap or something Murray Walker's like going, and they're passing the 
TikTok nightclub. Yeah, TikTok nightclub. Yeah, TikTok. Because I've that's you. Um, have you been to Monaco? Like, uh, I've 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 never been there like for a race. I went there with my dad, and we just went. Uh, we went there to go and walk around the track basically, and then we went to a TikTok because that's what you got to go. It's where um. Everyone used to kind of entertain each other. And that's where drivers used to go and get mashed up. It's like quite a famous. So Brian Henson, Brian Henson, or whatever his name is, bought Mary Walker his beer. <laughs> yeah, the, so the, the bars I've heard of are, are Tip Top and the uh, Stars and Bars, which is like an American style bar, like sports bar type thing that a load of the drivers used to go to. And then there's like one random like calf or something or bar run by like an old lady um, hmm. that they used to like to go to as well, and I've forgotten the name of it. But I'd like to do a. Um, I'd like to go to. Mon- I was in Monaco in November, and I was planning on going to maybe one or two of these places, but I just didn't have time, based on the schedule. But um, I'd love to go and do a, like a little like Monaco pub crawl of the different bars and stuff that like are famous, famous haunts of like Formula One drivers and stuff. It's cool, but tipped up by it, but it's it's cool, but it's also is a pretty bleak place. <laughs> I bet it's sleazy as all hell. Yeah, yeah. But that's sort of Monaco is all you know Monaco all over. It's it's sort of like. It's really, I mean, going back like last year, it hadn't, you know, I, I'd not been to Monaco since I was like a kid. Um, and I really didn't get that. Kind, I didn't realize what a kind of like faded glamour kind of vibe Monaco has at the moment. It's like, I, it's really fascinating to me. It's like, it was glamorous, but it was glamorous in the 60s and 70s. And it's just sort of slowly declined and ebbed away since then. Um, it's like Torquay, but just full of really rich people. Yeah, basically. I'd still buy an apartment there if I could afford one. I'd rather live in Torquay. I was, looking at, <laughs> I was looking at the um, all the shots of people like hanging out their balconies and stuff and watching the race, and I was just like, 1982 was probably the time to buy an apartment in, in Monaco. Like, <laughs> <laughs> probably cost about six grand or something. Um, now they'll be like multi-multi-millionaire. Can we talk a little bit about how good Prost is and Prost never gets respect he deserves? Because I know he obviously crashes out of this and does his foot in. Yeah. That, like, that move on Daly when he lapped him was like elbows Absolutely. out. And if Senna had yeah. done that or something, everyone would be losing their <laughs> over it and everyone would have tattoos on their foreheads. <laughs> well, wept openly at every Bastille day about, like, about his brilliance. Um, Prost was great. Prost, Prost is great. Like, as I get older, I kind of like, like anyone, I was like a big Senna kid when I was growing up. But as I get older and mature, I think it's like, Prost was the man, actually. Prost was awesome. Yeah, he was just—he was just so. I mean, again, this is not a great example, but he was just so consistent and so like dominant and so analytical. Like way before being analytical was a requirement for a Formula Formula One driver. Oh, that's what I love about this race, though, because that's like the 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 thing about everyone says that Prost is like the professor and everything, and he was like the guy who just would always want like to finish. Um, would rather finish fourth and everything to just get the points and everything. But then just to see him being elbows out during yeah. this when he's getting past Denny was incredible. It's so cool to but see. I just like <clears throat> I just like him being referred to by Murray as being the, the small little, Frenchman. The little Frenchman. Yeah. <laughs> and that was like that was in eighty six, like four years after this race. Um so like clearly Murray was still like to, you know, quite happy to like sort of condescend him as this sort of like. How when did Prost retire too? Because it wasn't till what the early And he threatened if he come back as well. He almost came back. Um, and uh... you mean before he came back with an amazing team? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's a tragedy. That whole thing. Um... No, Martin, Martin only recognises them as Ligier. <laughs> yeah. Actually, before that, I called Ligier. They were called. Uh, yeah, no, Ligier. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I love the Prost team. 
They were great. Oh, amazing. I used to pick them in um, F1, whatever it was, F1 Challenge 99 to 02 or whatever. That really bizarre EA game. That but they had they, they had flashes of brilliance as well. I remember Panis having some good runs in it and getting like some top three positions in it. And there was like some kind of weird... Before he had his Canada crash. Ah, oh, yeah, I might win it, yeah. Yeah, it was like in fact it was like yeah because he had this incredible run wasn't it before that Canada crash I forgot about that yeah because they didn't they didn't have any frontal protection clearly so <laughs> there was no weight in the front of it. but that that was was that when they had their glory runs in testing too when everyone was like oh Prost are going to destroy everyone this that's year that's a Tyrrell thing and, that's a, like it's a running joke for me my dad still it's always Tyrrell looking good this year and, yeah. and, and then it, the hilarious thing was like it took like until 2014 then it's actually oh Tyrrell actually are good this year like Martin was, they're not Tyrrell they are they're Tyrrell they're Tyrrell. <laughs> On that note, on that very serious, very analytical note, uh, thank you so much for listening to the Caution Period podcast. Um, We will catch you next time. Let us know on Twitter if you're enjoying this. It's been nice to see a little uptick in audiences, although that will probably like disappear based on the fact that episodes are so few and far between. But thanks for joining us if you have, and uh, we will catch you next time.